Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. It's your boy. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's been really cool. I, I feel like uh, I already know you guys. I mean, one of you threw a, a balloon that hit my butt cheek and it's kind of wet still, so that was real intimate. Um, and uh, yeah, you guys, you guys seem pretty fun, so, so this is awesome already. Um, like Robert said, I'm the, uh, the young adults lead here at, uh, at FCC, and so on Monday nights, that's when our crew kind of hangs out and stuff. But really, the only difference between high school and, and college is, uh, is absolutely nothing in, in terms of the struggles and, and some of the things that you guys go through. I mean, really, in this time right now, it is, it is kind of hard. Um, so let me pull up uh, my messages, my message real quick. But while I do, I have a question for you guys. Raise your hand if you've ever been in a fight. You, you can be honest, all right? Church kids have a reputation, but uh, they can either be like really way over here or like way over here. Uh, really like doing nothing or, or you've been in some fights doing some stuff, right? Um, and it can be kind of... Uh, Kind of scary, right? Let me see. All right. Now, don't raise your hands for this, but how many of you have ever been in a dangerous situation where it was either not good for you to be alone or you were glad that you weren't alone? Maybe just think about that in your head. Now, when I was, uh, I, I was living in Missouri when I was in high school, and uh, one of the years that I was there was my senior year. And so in Missouri, it's kind of in the middle of the country. And so if people who have lived there not really gone out much, they probably would have never seen the ocean before. And so I had one buddy who had never seen the ocean, never lived or, or visited a place where they were got, able to go into it at all. And so I decided, yo, hey, I used to live in Orlando. Let me drive you down and we'll go to the beach. And so it was really cool. So I actually have a picture of a couple of my friends. There's me with the glasses. Those two in the front were Riley and Brian, and uh, those were my friends from Missouri. Now, as we were taking this trip, it was a 16-hour car drive, all the way from Missouri to uh, Orlando, Florida. And so it was already a long trip. Now, I had been planning this trip for quite some time, and I actually got a pretty sweet hookup. I, I got this, uh, this place, basically, who was going to be able to give us, like, a free place to stay, free shower, like all sorts of stuff. He was a neighbor of mine, in fact, who's really cool, and uh, he was ready for us to come. So I thought. And so as we were driving down there, I was telling him, hey, we're going to arrive at this point in time, and he was like, all set. And I said, yeah, I mean, my two friends are really excited to be there. And he said, wait a minute, you and your two friends? I was like, yeah, yeah, my two friends, Riley and Brian, who I told you about a little bit ago. And he said, oh, no, I thought it was you and your brother. No, you guys can't stay. I, I don't know who these people are. And so as we were driving down in the middle of our road trip, he canceled. We had no place to stay. And so throughout the whole trip, we had to find last-minute places to stay all along our trip during spring break in Florida. Now, if you know anything about spring break in Florida, it is crazy. Like, they're on the news. You hear Florida Man often. Yeah, those stories can often come out of uh, spring break. And so, yeah, those things can get real bad quick. Now, one of the places that we were trying to find a, a place to stay at was in Miami. 
And I lived in Orlando, so I didn't know Miami too well. Uh, but my friend Riley said, hey, I found this place on Airbnb. It's really cheap, and uh, we can go and stay there. And I was like, sweet, let's go do it. So as we're driving into Miami, if you don't know anything about Miami, it's kind of like L.A. Okay, it's really busy, a lot of traffic, and there's a lot of bad places around it. And so as we're driving into town, you get to see these, like, bars on windows, and you see a lot of trash and things that, you know, kind of are telling you, hey, this is not a, a safe place to be. And so we pull up to this house, and as we're, we're driving by, we slow down a, just enough to see, hey, is this the address that's on our phone? Sure enough, it is. Well, we stop. And then these big old two guys come out, and they say, hey, what's going on? And we roll down our window, and we're like, is this the Airbnb? <laughs> and they're like, uh, yeah, it is, but uh, we're using it. And I was like, okay, all right, you guys have a good one. <laughs> See you later. And so we drove away, and we're like, is this the right address? Is this, is this the right place? And, and we circle back. We realize, yes, it is. So we go back. We just want to talk and say, hey, look, what's going on, right? At least give us our money back. So we go back. And they come back out, they see us pull in, and they come out, and they're like, oh, hey, you're actually out back. They're like, out back? They're like, yeah, we'll, t- we'll take you. Okay. <laughs> so, so me and my two friends, we walk back to their backyard, okay, and there's this little, there's this room. They say, hey, you're going to stay in, in this place. This is going to be your little room and stuff. Well, it wasn't a room. It was a shed, the only difference between the room and the shed was that there was a mattress on the floor. And so he opens the door to this, like, shed-looking thing, and, and we walk inside, and you can smell all sorts of stuff. I don't even know what was in there. And, uh, and we're just thinking to ourselves, nope. And, and we say, thank you so much. We're actually going to leave. Uh, we're good. And so we leave. But, man, as I think about this story, I think to myself, thank God I wasn't alone. I could have said, hey, I'm going to leave, and then it could be like, all right, we'll take your wallet as you go out. I, I could have done nothing. But thank God I wasn't alone. If you will, turn to Mark chapter 14 if you got your Bibles or your Bible apps. We're going to be exploring some verses in there. Mark chapter 14, verse 17. Now, just to give you some context about what's going on in this chapter, Jesus is pretty much about to be given up to the Pharisees and into the religious leaders to be persecuted and killed on our behalf. And so during this moment, it was right before Jesus knew something was going to go on. And so in verse 17, uh, they were going to have dinner before this at an event called Passover. Verse 17. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me. It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly, I tell you, I will not drink again 
from the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. In this passage, what do we see going on? One, Jesus clearly knows that a battle is coming. He knows that something is approaching. My, my sermon tonight is called, uh, Don't Fight Alone. And so as we're talking through this message tonight, I want you guys to get an idea of what it is that you go to in times of need. Now, sure, I could talk about drugs and alcohol, right? Uh, it wouldn't be a shock to you as to what I'd say about some of those things, right? But I think something that we don't often talk about and something that might be a little bit less cliche of a subject is our dependency on people. I think, yes, community is a good thing. And too often than not, I think even in uh, Christian circles, we are horrible at being able to, to do life with others who b believe like us, who, uh, you know, can lift us up and push us close to God. We, we're horrible at surrounding ourselves with people like that. But I think too often we depend on people too much and depend on God too little. If you're going into a fight or a battle, who would you want to go with you? You might say your friends, the, these people, these, this family that you might have. You might have images of, the, of your best friend or, or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or whoever, right? Like, yeah, I'll take them. But I, I want to ask you something. How many times have you found yourself in a battle, in a struggle, in a time where there was a trial and yet you might have been in a season where you had a bunch of friends, where you had family? And yet, what did you feel? Utterly alone and abandoned. I know how I have. Maybe I'm just speaking of me. But what's the difference? What's the difference between God and people? See, God is, is perfect. And if you let him enter into your life, he will never leave you. And, and I think sometimes maybe it might not be other people that we depend on, but even ourselves we depend on. But I don't know about you, when I think of myself and trying to rely on my own strength, I am quickly reminded of how much I mess up and how much I am just, I can't live up to being who I, I need. Everything that is in Jesus. So who did Jesus go to? If you go down in Mark, in that chapter, verse 32, it says this. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. Jesus went to God. God will never fail you, and he never wants to be away from you. He desires you so much to be with him. And I love the Bible. You know why? I love the truth that it has for each and every one of us. It's so unifying. Oftentimes we think of Christianity as being something that's like only for Christians or only for this group of people who is in this social class or whatever, right? No, it is for everybody. Everybody. And what's cool about what the Bible says is that even though we feel at times like we're alone, the God we serve isn't just some fairy in the sky. He's not some, like, God, sky God who's, like, sitting up there thinking to himself, oh, man, what are these people doing? Oh, like, how dumb are they? I don't even understand them nor care for them. But instead, he came down into flesh and can relate to feeling alone, and he did that to pull us close. This very passage in Mark was prophesied about the book, about in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 53, I have on a slide here. It says this. 
He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him, it says in verse 10, and cause him to suffer. Verse 12, for he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Why? Why was this so? It's because he desires for us to be close to him. In Jesus' darkest hours, he was with his disciples, the people who he was closest to for years, the people who saw him being able to raise people from death, being able to cast out demons and destroy chains that were holding people bondage. He literally freed people from horrible things, and these people who had saw him and knew him for years, what happened? God was awaiting his arrest and for him to be betrayed by one of his friends, And what we can learn from this is that Jesus knows what it's like to be alone, to be let down by people. And two, he he went as far as to give himself up so that we don't have to be alone. Mark 14, verse 46, if you want to scroll down. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. That was Peter. Verse 48, am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you teaching in the temple courts and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. Verse 50, then everyone deserted him and fled. Who's everyone? Those very people who are closest to him. So yeah, you feel alone? You feel abandoned? God knows. He, he understands. He's not just some, some person who's distant or far, even though if it may even feel like he is at times. I want you to know that your feelings don't dictate truth, meaning despite what you feel, it doesn't mean that that is the truth. God is close. Tonight, we've been talking a lot about fighting and going through battles and who you'd want with you and who you wouldn't want with you, who are you going to depend on and what you can't. But if you've been tracking with me this far, if you've been listening and you understand what we've been saying up to this point, we have come to the conclusion that nothing or nobody can, we can fully depend on, nor anyone will ever be there for us like God can. But let me ask you something. When you're in a fight, would you hope that you're ready? When, when fighters are getting into the ring in a boxing match, they aren't stepping in to get prepared. They're stepping in because they already are prepared. I, I would hope none of them would go out there and be like, oh, man, how do I punch again? Do I close my thumb? Do I do this? What, I, I don't know how to punch. I, I hope I figure it out. No. I, I would hope not. 
But I think some of us, we go into battles that way. I think we go in unprepared. See, boxers are prepping for a fight. When they do so, they practice every day. And as Christians, we shouldn't just be aware of our battles that are ahead of us, that are going to come eventually, but we should be preparing for them now by reading our Bibles and praying to the God who loves us, to the God who's there for us. So when a fight comes your way, will you be prepared? I I wish I could lie to you. I I wish I could lie to you and tell you that God is always going to be there for you. But the truth is, is that he won't be if you don't want him to be. If you're pushing him away and you continually do so, his patience, it's, it's long. He has, the Bible describes him as having, it's a Hebrew word, so bear with me, but it's basically a word that describes him having a long nose. Okay, it's kind of a funny image. But basically what that means in Hebrew li- literature is that it describes him having very long patience. Like, like he can endure and go through and put up with a lot. But at the end of it, there's a limit. And and I'm talking to you this way because you guys are in high school. It it would be different if this was a junior high room, but I want to treat you like you guys are going to be adults, that some of you are adults. And and so I hope you can take this and understand how, how important this is. See, for me, and I hope for you, I hope that God just isn't a crutch you use when, when you're going through times of trouble. And, and yes, he will be your refuge and your shelter in times of trouble. But is that all he is? To me, God makes life so abundantly rich. Like the biggest blessings that I've been able to have were, were because I had, him with, I had him in my life to begin with. And he made everything make sense. He gave me a purpose, not of man's will, but of his will. And it was secure because when man fades away, when people abandon you and things don't go your way, thank God that he's still on the throne and that he can never, he will never go away. I pray that you are ready for when the battle comes. And if you're in a battle now, I pray that you will call out to the one who will be there for you. The one who will never leave you nor fail you. God, at the end of the day, he doesn't need you, but he certainly wants you. I hope that you just don't use him because you need him, but that because you want him to. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you now. God has a collective as a group I thank you for the truth that you are there for us. I thank you that you understand and that you not only understand, but you see us, God. I pray that, Jesus, we would remember the truth that we are not alone if we have accepted you into our lives. And that, God, we wouldn't just use you as a crutch for when we're in times of need, but that, God, we would go to you every single day. And that, Lord, even, yes, when my heart aches and and when I don't want to go to you and when I flee, God, I praise you because you are still there. And I pray that you would continually to draw me close and draw everyone else out here close as well, God. We thank you for your power and being able to do that. And we thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.